Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Sam Shoddy, and I am just a pharmacist. Getting pumped, getting ready, getting excited for another thrilling week in the life of retail pharmacy. I'm sure there's going to be someone yelling at me. I'm sure it's going to be busy, but there's going to be a lot of good things in there too. A lot of good interactions with physicians and other prescribers, a lot of great interactions with patients, and that's what we just have to focus on. Day in, day out, week in, week out, that's what we really got to focus on. I want to thank the listener who gave me some feedback. Apparently, there's been quite a few bumping sounds and, and things like that on the mic. So trying to clean that up, trying to do a better job of that. So again, please let me know if you have any feedback on the show, whatever it is, the content, the quality, whatever it is, let me know. So if you follow me on the socials at all, that's Instagram, just.apharmacist, Twitter, at just one pharmacist, or Facebook on the Just a Pharmacist Facebook page, you'll know that I asked for some feedback from you all about positive practitioner relationships, positive stories, things that might have happened this last week, and I managed to get a response. So here we go. Responses. On Instagram, we have from Hungry Healthcare, a physician called to ask how to change a patient from dexamethasone to hydrocortisone. I got to use my brain, and the physician was appreciative. And really, honest, like that's great to hear. First of all, hydrocortisone, are we talking oral hydrocortisone? I just, I'm rereading this right now. I have, I've already responded on there, but I'm rereading it right now. And I'm trying to think of how many times I've used hydrocortisone orally but I also don't think that this would be topically that they're talking about either. So is that is that a common thing in other places? Like, I don't know if this is a, a comment from the States then or, or maybe just in other parts of Canada. Am I just the only one who's never seen this? Please let me know. That's, that's another great response. Let me know why I've never seen hydrocortisone orally because I can't think of, of, or maybe this is a hospital. I don't know. You let me know. Uh, unfortunately, that was the only response, so uh, that's a short segment this week. But you know what? When it comes to this topic in general, this is really what I want the bulk of this show to eventually be, is positive experiences like this. And you might think that this is, you know, a small a small thing. Okay, you know, we got to help a doctor with some therapeutic interchange. Like, I mean, that's not the most complicated, complex thing that we can do, but especially if you're in the retail environment, like how often does this kind of thing actually happen versus how often should it probably happen? So I take this as a huge win, uh, very similar to my Zarelto story back in episode one. I won't go over it all again, but anytime the doctors are willing to ask us pretty much anything that is clinical, that makes me feel appreciated in where I as a pharmacist stand in in this therapeutic circle with the patient in the middle so uh, that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today is those prescriber relationships and and other professionals as well that we have that having just those positive relationships with those people and how it can make such a big difference to how you feel in your practice and, and what really makes me want to cover this this week is just all the horror stories I felt like I heard in school about ridiculous GPs that really I just pictured as that super snooty, you know, glasses down at the end of their nose, looking down on you, uh, 
Uh, how dare the pharmacist question what I wrote or what I have to say? Do they do they not know who I am? Do they not know their place in the greater therapeutic whatever? They just fill my prescriptions. That's that's honestly how I often was made to feel like I should expect, especially in retail pharmacy. Um, although I've heard horror stories from uh, hospital physicians and stuff like that too. But I think the longer that I practice, the more I realize that, yes, these these physicians, these prescribers, they do exist, but you're really unlucky if you come across many of them. Like, they really tend to be few and far between, at least in my experience, and maybe I'm just the lucky one that way. Um, I know a number of physicians who are probably pretty terrible at their job as far as bedside manner, their actual ability to effectively do patient-centered care in general. But again, I feel like these are more outliers as opposed to a proper representation of the prescriber pool as a whole. So I want to kind of put some students' minds at ease. Uh, if you're a pharmacist moving to a new location you, and you haven't done that, you know, say you've been in the same spot for 5-10 years and you're having to pick up and move to a new location, new physicians, new other prescribers, and you're really getting a little freaked out, hopefully this can calm that stress down a little bit as, as just a reminder because I'm sure you probably knew from your practice already how to kind of do these things and what steps it usually takes to ensure you at least have the best chance of having that positive prescriber-pharmacist uh, relationship. So to me, it really boils down to a few main things and I'm sure I'm going to miss things on this list. And again, please let me know if you have anything to comment on response to this episode at all. Please just let me know. But to me, clinical ability, your communication skills, personality in general, and really how your first interaction goes are, are going to be the real key bits to how quickly and easily you can develop that, that real positive relationship with these prescribers. So no pressure. Um, pulling this apart a bit, so your clinical ability to me, things that you know, things that you know you don't know, and the confidence that you have in both of those aspects. So thinking back to my first episode with the Zarelto, you know, had I realized there was a gap in my knowledge, and, and really a big part of that was even just looking up what the patient's dose was to begin with, um, I could have saved time, and I also probably could have looked less dumb than I certainly felt I looked in the end after having to, you know, make a suggestion, then double back on that suggestion, and, and whatever. Not only can that lead to patient harm, but it can also, like I say, really shake a prescriber's confidence in you, especially if you don't correct it right away. So really, to me, be honest. Look it up if you need to. Ask if you can call the doctor back, if you can send them a fax. If you have a doctor that'll be willing to give you their cell number, you can just send them a text. I've, I've had that experience. That can work really well. Uh, but they can wait. If they need to wait, they can wait for us to do our job properly because guess what? We, we have to wait all the time for them just to sign back on a reauthorization. The amount of times I have to fax a doctor's clinic three times over and I've done maybe two or three emergency supplies at this point to try and just get a renewal and the doctor doesn't even necessarily want to talk to them they just haven't signed the paper and sent it back to me <laughs> or, or they've signed it and then they, um, they they don't write any quantity they literally just ignore everything that's maybe written on there or all that they have to do and they just sign it and send it back and then it's just a waste of even more of my time so prescribers will will really take advantage of the time that 
we will take to get a hold of them and to address them when it comes to our relationship so they can give us an extra minute or two because you know what we're we don't know everything off the top of our heads we are highly trained in accessing and using the resources that we have there's no way a doctor should have every single diagnosis and criteria and all that memorized i would certainly never want to see a doctor who never opened a book when they weren't sure about something and so we should not be expected the same Communication skills, this to me really boils down to effective and precise communication that is also not belittling. And this is this is big, big, big star this note. Any students, anyone who is not used to already communicating with prescribers, really, really emphasizing the not belittling part. Uh, I don't care if it's a doctor, a nurse, nurse practitioner, whoever it is that you're communicating with. Always take the high road, always be the professional, always be working to build the other person up because A, they're going to have a more positive reaction to reading what it is you're writing them or typing them, and B, they're going to be much more willing to actually work with you on whatever it is, the issue you found or what whatever it is that you're working on. Personally, I need to really work on the precision of my work. I, I remember in pharmacy school, they were really trying to drill in our brains that we have to do everything point form, just just everything point form because the doctor's not going to take the time to read it, which to, to an extent is true, uh, but it is also a little offensive to me because if you look at a lot of doctor's notation, especially in the hospital, it's paragraph form. So I'm sitting here reading an essay as a discharge summary, trying to suss out why did we restart this medication? Why was this changed to this? And and to be fair, the paragraph form makes sense. It's easier to read in terms of your, your thoughts being complete. You can add in a bit more information without just adding a bunch more lines. So it actually physically takes up less space, you know, less paperwork if you're if you're printing it off. And I don't, it just, it always makes more sense to me that way than trying to get everything that I want to say to the doctor in point form. So that's my little bit of saltiness on that. But the not belittling part, that's, that is really key. And I've seen some students write some notes to doctors and I get it. They've, they've goofed something up and, and we feel all proud of ourselves because, hey, we've caught this physician error and we're going to let them know how to fix it. And we feel so great, you know, about ourselves. But at the same time, we can't just chop the knees off of the prescriber and expect them to also then be super grateful and willing to work with us a little better. Um, and I've, I've seen some scathing notes to doctors and have had to say, you know what, we got to go back and rewrite this. Because how would you feel if you got a fax that, that really reads across as, my gosh, you are an idiot what are you doing doctor like it just you don't you don't feel good about it and then you don't feel good about that person and then that relationship is ruined so i remember in pharmacy school uh, a lot of the teachers and, and everyone talking about you know how how delicate the ego of a prescriber is you know what we we all have delicate egos none of us want to be told we're an idiot or feel like that's what's being told to us so you know what word things in a way hey doc you know i i don't know if you noticed this but uh you know this is an issue with their kidney function or however you want to word it just word it in a way 
that comes across more supportive and more that you are just another team member and hey whoops we we caught this how would you like to address it here's a couple of my options that i think would be you know go really well or otherwise if there's some other factor that i'm not aware of let me know but let's work together and, and sort out this problem you are going to you're just you're going to do so much better what is it you catch more flies with sugar then with salt or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that saying is. Um, go with that. Don't be salty. Personality, that's that's like any relationship. I mean, there are going to be prescribers that you just hit it off with. There's going to be coworkers that you just hit it off with and others where it's a bit of a work in the relationship and others still where you're just, wow, if I did not have to work with this person, I would not care to ever see them again in my life. And that's going to happen with prescribers. And whether it's you not enjoying them, them not enjoying you, guess what? We can't always please everyone. And if you're trying to please everyone, you're you're very likely to just come off fake or something like that. So don't do that. Just be you or at least whatever part of you you can be professionally speaking. If a prescriber says hello there and you come back with General Kenobi, uh, that's probably not going to go off so well. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's personality. And then really that first interaction or, or at least that first test of your clinical knowledge and, and really I underline this as, well, not screwing up essentially. You know what, If especially if you are a new pharmacist, we, we feel when I graduated, I felt such pressure that great, I'm this new grad. I'm supposed to have all this information in my brain because I just spent all this time studying it super hard, trying to memorize it. But you know what? Take your time. Like I said before, take your time with the interaction. Take your time with whatever clinical question you are trying to answer or or fix or whatever it is because you need the right answer more than you need a quick answer. If you give the wrong answer, especially if the doctor then double checks and figures out, no, you screwed up, what what kind of confidence are they going to have with you at that point? So yes, it would be nice to just quickly off the cuff, yep, here's this answer and good to go. Great if you can actually confidently do that, uh, power to you. I'm the kind of person who I will still quadruple check, you know, is this safe in pregnancy despite having given it to my pregnant wife <laughs> and so that's that's how my brain works is oh my if I screw this up that's going to be really bad so that's how my mind works and that's why I think I emphasize this kind of twice essentially on the clinical ability part is it, it makes such a big difference and I see too many people not understanding what they don't know and and that gets scary to me in our position and that'll get really scary to a prescriber if you give them the wrong information and that's what we went with and maybe someone gets hurt or like I say hopefully they just catch it but then why are they even talking to you to begin with remember what we were talking about last week with the response of that you know 10% of patients that are super negative bringing down the day despite the fact that 90% of the patients were totally fine if not very complimentary or or something like that and you see that when it comes to interactions like this as well it can take one negative interaction one screw up to shake even if you've had a hundred other recommendations that have gone through fine it will shake that confidence 
and and it, as it should, as it should for if we see a doctor constantly doing something wrong too. And so that's why I say you have to be really careful with the work that you do, the work that you put out there. That being said, you need to also claim ownership of any work that you do. And this is as simple as signing every fax, every communication that goes out to a doctor, it has your name on it. Because without your name on it, they're not going to get that name recognition. Think about any prescribers you've dealt with for, you know, consistently for a three month period, even not even that long in the realm of healthcare. And yet you start to gain recognition of, oh, yeah, this is this prescriber. Okay. And I usually I see that they're very knowledgeable or, or I've had some interaction with them that already came across that they care about their patient or whatever it is. There is the name recognition along with the work that they do. And I mean, of course, for doctors, they have to sign everything. But think about it from their end. If they're getting faxes, especially if you're just from a big box pharmacy, um, you know they're probably not even paying attention to what store number it is, uh, realistically. So, oh great, you know, Shoppers Drug Mart sent me this, you know, from a pharmacist. Oh yeah, that was a good point. Okay, yeah, I'll send that back. But they don't have without that signature or without at least typing your name and having it there. There is nothing that gives them any confidence in you personally and your capabilities. And that can be such a powerful tool when it comes time to a doctor really needing some advice or or what I find really when I have a patient who needs advice from me and I'm making suggestions on medications they can try, it's going to mean a lot more if I fax the doctor and have my name on it and they recognize my name remember some of the work that they've done, hopefully have a positive feeling in seeing my name associated with what's written there, the doctor's probably a lot more likely to accept my recommendations, accept the fact that I've probably done a good job of looking into interactions and side effects and efficacy for the condition the patient's concerned about, all that kind of stuff. So it all goes so far so take ownership of the work that you do, make sure that you're doing it properly, make sure you're communicating everything properly with the prescribers, and you will very likely wind up with quite a few positive relationships, even if you never actually speak to them. I think overall, you'll be pleasantly surprised. So students especially, don't freak out, you'll get there. Doctors aren't really as scary as pharmacy school kind of makes it seem. Uh, or what some of your preceptors might make it seem. It's it's really not that big of a deal. And more and more, we are seeing this trend towards, you know, we're just another member of the healthcare team. A lot of new prescribers and a lot of new healthcare practitioners in general, we're, we're getting taught with a more collaborative mindset. And that's not to say that you won't have some people with this overwhelming ego that just, you, you wish life would just hit them in the back of the head and say, hey, pay attention you're not the greatest thing in the world just you on your lonesome but you know what that's like I say that's gonna be some people and you just don't focus on that because that is the negativity you focus on those amazing practitioners who make you feel valued who show through their actions that they care about what you think and they care about the patient so I have a patient case that actually works pretty well with this topic the patient's an 80-year-old female with edema. She just got out of the hospital, was given five days of extra dosing for furosemide plus some potassium to make sure she's not going hypokalemic. 
and that was supposed to end last Friday. Now, at that point, the patient had some blood pressure issues. Uh, she was taken off her candesartan to try and help with that so we could still continue the furosemide. And we were Friday afternoon. Her swelling still was quite severe. I had to technically drop down the dose from 120 a day to 60 a day as per the discharge prescription. So going into the weekend, seeing how this lady's legs were still completely swollen up, I, I felt like this should be addressed. This really wasn't a good idea. She might end up in the hospital otherwise over the weekend because I would only imagine it would get worse. She was still complaining about a little bit of heaviness in the chest, although she didn't seem to physically actually struggle to be breathing or anything. But just that feeling in the chest is not a comfortable thing either. She clearly has heart failure and and really needs to be addressed. So I contact the clinic. The doctor wasn't actually there, but they sent a message to the doctor. This was actually the second time I had to contact the doctor for the same patient. And so he called my pharmacy earlier, so he called the pharmacy again and basically, you know, what's what's going on now? What can we do? So I gave my assessment. You know, the legs are still very swollen. She still has a little heaviness in the chest. Really, we should not be stopping the furosemide at this point, or at least reducing it. We should be keeping it at the 120. And I would even rather if she were completely reassessed on this because maybe this dose isn't even high enough. We might need to go up to 160 a day, uh, or maybe she needs to go back to hospital if we're not able to manage her, you know, as an outpatient as of yet. So the doctor really was appreciative of more than anything, the caring that went into this, you know, clinically speaking, what I suggested was, I think, very obvious that yes, this lady with way too much fluid should continue to take her diuretics. But that extra bit of care that, hey, I recognize this and I recognize the order is ending and that is not okay with me for the weekend, let's contact the doctor, um, It's it was a positive experience for the doctor. So now I have, based on that one interaction alone, because like I say, this doctor is fairly new to this clinic. I've maybe sent a couple other faxes, but nothing really significant at this point. So already there is this positive interaction that I think is really going to work to my benefit when it comes to faxing about other issues, other concerns that I have. I, I think the doctor, based on his response of basically, wow, thank you so much for caring about this. Yes, please continue that through the weekend and I'll follow up with her on Monday. Um, that that to me is just kind of cherry on top for, for doing my job properly to begin with, never mind when the doctor is actually appreciative of the extra step that I was trying to take. So I think that's the positive note I want to end today's show on. I hope the rest of you have a fantastic week. I hope someone lets you know the amazing job that you're doing. I hope you let me know the amazing job that you're doing or your colleagues or your team in general or whoever it is. Please let me know the socials again, Instagram, just.apharmacist, Twitter, at just one pharmacist, and Facebook, the Just a Pharmacist Facebook page. But for now, this is Sam Shoddy, punching out.